1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Super Scoreboard as Scotland's men prepare to resurrect their bid to reach a major tournament as Scotland's women prepare to board a plane to the World Cup finals. Well, this season is still to finish. I listen, it's the men against Cyprus at Hamden on Saturday. It's the women against England in Nice on Sunday. Already, the Betfred fixtures for next season mm. have been published today, but I think the majority of the chat will be about the leaked Celtic transfer document. Absolutely. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me until 7 o'clock tonight is Roger Hanna. Remember, you can give us a call on 0141 951 1025 or tweet us at Clyde SSB. As Roger says, Celtic have begun an investigation into the leak of a confidential document outlining their summer transfer plans. Photographs of the report, which details plans for some contracted players as well as potential targets, appeared on social media. The document came from a meeting between Chief Executive Peter Lowell, manager Neil Lennon and other coaching and recruitment staff about two months ago. But former Celtic captain Tom Boyd, though, doesn't think it's too much of an issue. For me, it's not an issue. Um, I'm an ambassador of the club. I'm, I'm somebody who works here. A lot of people think that I'm, I know the ins and outs. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'll know them as quickly as you know them. Um, and when they happen uh, and when the signings happen, I'll be happy and get behind whoever comes in. Um, whether it's, this thing is, 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 is true, which I, I take it the club will deal with that, um, that's not an issue for me. Uh, it'll be an issue for the club. They'll deal with that. You use make a living on your sales uh, when you get exclusives, uh, and you love getting exclusives. Uh, and somebody just wanted to have the wee moment of glory of getting exclusive and putting it out there. Um, whether it's true or not, in terms of whether all those things are going to happen, who knows? Uh, but for me, it's not an issue. It wouldn't be an issue in terms of telling the team uh, beforehand. That list will not uh, be the definitive list. Uh, it'll probably be an early stage list or whatever. Um, things change uh, things can change right up to the last moment in transfer days so, uh, and other things will develop uh, different players will become available and, 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 and interests uh, depending on who's leaving here or whatever. You know, so it, it's, it's not an issue it's not a problem Roger, Tom Boyd somewhat playing, playing it down saying it's not an issue well, Alison <laughs> I think it's time the club ambassador got on message because it might not be an issue to Tom Boyd mm. but it is an issue for Peter Lowell it is an issue for the club's recruitment department and it's a major issue for Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon complained twice in the closing weeks of the season about leaks yeah. from inside the club of his team news. That was an issue to Neil Lennon. I'm not saying it. Neil Lennon said it himself twice. And now he's having his summer holiday interrupted by the leak of this document outlining many of his transfer plans for the summer. Tom Boyd might not see it as an issue the Celtic hierarchy most certainly do. Yeah, Tom Boyd was saying, you know, agents talk, people talk, it comes out anyway, but we're talking about a full list here that is basically, or was a couple of months ago, Celtic's plans for rebuilding the squad. Yeah, and it, it, it's embarrassing for Celtic that this has come out. Um, the one thing Tom Boyd did get right is that, you know, things do change and a lot of the names in the list, which we will have to get this out, unless we can't mention for yeah. legal reasons, mm-hmm. we've been advised not to mention any of the individual names within the document. But, you know, some of the targets, they, they will change as things go past, as things go on. And it, it's not even so much about that, Alison. It's more about the breach of trust within the club. Neil Lennon 
is already unhappy that team lines were coming out in advance. He would name the team maybe a day in advance, several hours in advance, and then the team would come out. It would be leaked out on yeah. message boards and social media. He didn't find that funny. He's certainly not finding this funny. Yeah, in terms of the team coming out, people say, oh, well, it's just your starting 11, you know, we, we want to know, but that can affect tactics and, and how another team approaches it. So 100%, if, if yeah. something as small as, not small, but something like that has been leaked and then this happens, it seems there is an issue in the club. Yeah, and you know the club have confirmed today there is a full-scale investigation going on being led by Peter Lawwell. Um, the club at the minute has recruitment issues in so much as they don't have a head of recruitment. Um, they're looking mm. for a head of recruitment having just confirmed Neil Lennon as manager on Friday. Uh, th- this is the last thing they need, I would suggest, particularly in a summer where there's going to be such an overhaul in personnel. We've spoken on the show for weeks and months about all the guys likely to go out the door, all the loans ending, all the contracts ending, and the need for Celtic to, to bring in players. The club have clearly been working behind the scenes for some considerable time on a list of players to come in. The last thing they need is for that to be made public. Yeah, of course, they don't want other clubs to know about the players that they're... T- that's what it comes down to as well. Yeah, they keep all, these things secret for a reason. All, all the clubs that those players currently play for, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't want to... Regardless whether you're buying or selling or what you're doing, you don't want rival clubs, clubs in other leagues, club in your own league, to know your transfer plans. Uh, just like Neil Lennon didn't want rival teams to know his first 11 before games at the end of the season. So Celtic are taking it seriously. And I think this investigation could go on for some time. And in terms of players that thought maybe they, they had a future in the club and, and this has come out and that might change their plans as well. Obviously, we're not talking about specific names, but for them to find out in this way as well. That, well, that is going to be one of the problems going forward for the football club. Um, not even guys who are currently not employees of the football club, but guys who are employees of the football club. Um there's going to be a little bit of a management, shall we say, required in the coming weeks. Let's go on the lines. Remember, you can give us a call tonight, 0141 And we've got Brian and Sterling. Hello, Brian. Good evening. How are you? Good, How are you both? We've not had a wee chat for a while. Um, I've been celebrating so much with Celtic winning <laughs> everything. And it's kind of, um, you know... I've been I've been sitting back and listening and watching and the whole the whole idea of um you know this document which I, I'm glad that we can't really go in depth with it with cause of legal reasons because I find the whole thing absolutely hocus pocus bunkum rubbish. It doesn't matter whether the the thing's legal, illegal, real or unreal. It it comes down to the social media um generation that we're living in now. Nobody needs to know everything about what's going on at Celtic or any other club at that, for that matter. But we, we live in this absolute bubble of social social media where if something's put out and it's certainly not um, been confirmed by Celtic or Peter Lobel or anyone else connected to Celtic, whether it was or it wasn't, they're investigating it. Like any investigation, you must ascertain whether it's a truth or a non-truth. Or, But my point is this, that we have... A, a, a media who latch on to to something that they have no idea. And now, how many times have you guys had egg in your face because this one's going to sign because we met him in a taxi, he's coming up. I've done it myself just to see if it worked. Um, the Roy Keenan's then on this very channel. 
I met Roy Keane uh, uh, coming up on the, and he's and he wasn't he was playing in another game somewhere else. It was it was all a wee experiment in mind to see how quickly this social media, these platforms that we're on, and I love this show. It's a great show. Good laugh. We can have really good laugh. So long as we take it light hearted, this whole negativity that's been surrounded and and uh, uh, I mean like since Celtic won a historic treble treble. I mean since Brendan Rodgers you know, went off for the money and, and that's fine. We've got a, a good guy in, Neil Lennon, who loves the club as much as I do and I'm just a supporter. I don't know anything about the ins and outs of Celtic and I go to as many games as I can get to. I know boys that go to every game and they don't really give a damn about the boardroom or who's signing or whatever's signing. They give a damn about what's happening on the first day of the league and if we get somebody great in, exciting, brilliant. But the negativity surrounding this whole incident it's just, I mean, it sickens me. Roger, it I, makes me want. You go? Sorry, sorry, Brian, which is great. I understand what Brian's saying, and yes, we've all spoken about transfer targets that don't happen and things like that. In terms of negativity here, this is something which has happened, and the club is investigating. Yeah, so right. it's, it's not negativity from from us or anybody. It's happened, and the club have said they're investigating I'm it. Imagine that after you play the tomboy audio, the, the one thing that tomboy said that was correct is. The document, I think, was dated in April. Yep. And and things will change. You know, if there's a list of however many transfer targets that could be on that list... They're not going to sign them all or try to sign them all. No, not at that. all. And they might try and sign some. Some won't come. Some might fall through. Some will go elsewhere. They'll have a... There's probably a B list there. There's probably a C list there. And I would think targets would switch about and change from now on the 4th of June... Right through to the 31st of August when the transfer window closes. Um, Absolutely. Th- this is a real document. I can tell you it's a real document because if it was a fake document, Celtic would say, it's a fake document. Mm. They wouldn't be saying, we're holding an inquiry as to how this got out. Um, the manager isn't happy. And I think the story wouldn't have been, Brian, such a big story had Neil Lennon not complained publicly twice at the end of the season about leaks emanating from the football club that he was unhappy with. He thinks but, he thinks that the leaking of team news puts him at a potential disadvantage and he doesn't want to be at any disadvantage. So he was unhappy at that and before that leak was even plugged, this has now happened and he's unhappy and the club's hierarchy are unhappy. So I'm not saying one, two, three, ten of the targets are going to come. Maybe none of them will come. Maybe Celtic will just start the season with the guys they ended the season with. None of us know that at the minute. But at the minute, the club are unhappy with these leaks. Thank you to Brian and Sterling for his call. I want to stay on the phones. We've got Paul and Kirk and Tilly. Hello, Paul. Hey, hi, hi, guys. Hiya. Uh, my, my point tonight is, is going on from a wee bit of what Brian was saying, maybe uh, not as deep as that, but I was listening to the show last night mm-hmm. uh, and... I'm getting the feeling from some Celtic supporters, supporters out with Celtic mainly, I was listening to some of the calls, the Celtic seem to have had a bad season. Uh, and uh, in some ways, the Celtic never done great on a season. Uh, I heard you, you saying last night, he was bringing this old, uh, this old saying about the biscuit tin out. I've not heard that one really. Where have they been for the last 20 years? Celtic with a biscuit tin? I mean, Celtic are still and have been for almost the last 20 years the benchmark of Scottish football. Now, this document, if it's real or if it's not real, 
it doesn't really make it so what? I mean, they could have Ronaldo on it. Doesn't mean they say that they're going to sign him. But does it I not mean, concern you that somebody within your club is leaking out this information? Whether whether you think it makes a difference or it doesn't make a difference, there's somebody in the club releasing confidential information, which is more the point than than who's on the list. Um, but how confidential is it really? I mean, it's, it's a list of targets that I'm saying. Ronaldo could be on it, they're not going to get him. Yeah, it could be. It could. Just, I mean, there's been lists found before. There's been things on social media, pay slips and stuff before that I've seen. But I remember years ago when Gordon Strachan took over, they showed you a clipboard with lists on it. Uh, it, it list of potential players, but social media wasn't as big a thing. I mean, I think it's just kind of getting blown out of proportion. The whole things from the negativity to actually forgetting by a lot of quarters what Celtic have actually done. I don't think anyone's taking away from the achievements of Celtic in, in recent seasons with the treble trebles. It's historic, Roger. Oh, absolutely. And listen, we've congratulated Celtic on this for, you know, since ever the cup final at the weekend. This is a separate matter. I, I don't want this matter to be confused by all the list of players who are on the document. That That's a secondary mm-hmm. issue, Alison. The main issue for Celtic at the minute is that There's this document is the latest yeah. thing to be leaked out of the club. And the club's hierarchy, Peter Lawwell, Neil Lennon, everyone at the club are unhappy that these leaks are taking place. Neil spoke about it a couple of times at the end of the season. In fact, he spoke about it again on Friday when he was being confirmed he was unveiled at Parkhead as you know permanent manager. Mm. He wants these things plugged. He thinks they're putting Celtic at a disadvantage going forward. And no sooner has he said this than you know this document comes out on social media, came out in some of the uh, message boards last night. The club are unhappy. The club are investigating. And we'll wait to see what the investigation throws up. Paul, do you want to come back in? Uh, I, that, no, I don't think, I'm, I'm not saying for a, a matter about the negativity, I don't think it's coming from anyone in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it was mainly talking last night about, uh, I, I don't know, like many other clubs, but it was saying about who's going to have the hardest job uh, in the summer. Is it going to be Celtic or is it going to be Rangers for signing players? And a lot of people seem to think that it was Celtic who's going to have this job. I don't, I don't understand this. Uh, Celtic have just won a treble treble. They've just won the treble this year. Uh, but a lot of people uh, from the, the other side of the city seem to think that Celtic's going to have a harder job. Surely they're going to have a harder job. They need to win. They need to get to a final. Well, listen, this is the start of the, the build-up the next season as, as soon as the last ball's kicked in the domestic season you know how it goes there's all the you know the chat my team's going to do this my team's going to do that we don't know we're just going to have to wait and see how you know it, we won't have long to wait I think the first European games are what July the 9th or something like that mm. you see these Betfred Cup games and you know that's going to start July the 12th Leo starting August the 3rd and we will know then um, Celtic have got a bit of a rebuild to do I don't necessarily disagree with what Peter Lawwell said about the strong core being there. Yeah. I think if you were to write down the guys on the premises at the minute, write down Celtic's best, strongest 11 and put down Rangers' best, strongest 11, then that probably wouldn't be too much. You have to say Celtic course and distance have won the last nine trophies. Mm-hmm. They will start the season as favourites to win the trophies again, Alison. But Rangers supporters will feel that in terms of backup to the squad, strengthening squad, they probably need fewer backup players signed this summer than Celtic do and that's probably why 
you know, they're saying, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Yeah. And th- these chants, we're only on the 4th of June. These chants will last to the 3rd of August that we kick off again. With two months of this fun to go. Neil Lennon said himself on Friday that he does need to strengthen, he doesn't have an exact figure, but he is looking to bring players in and he knows he needs to make changes. Yes. Well, of course he needs to make changes because, as we said earlier on the show, you know, just get through them all. You know, Benkovic is gone, Boyata's gone. Burke's gone mm. Weir's gone Izagiri is back up Gamboa's back up There's a fair chance Michael Lustig will go Doris De Vries is away So you know You're, you're talking 8, 9, 10 players there already So if you're just going Like for like In terms of numbers For the new season That's an awful lot of people That Neil and John Kennedy Are going to have to bring in Over the summer Rangers have Brought in an awful lot of players Last summer They brought in more in January Yes They've lost the likes of Joe Wardle And people like that but already they've added a few guys on pre-contracts that they know are coming in. So I would think Celtic, between now and the window closing, I would fully expect Celtic to be the busier of the two clubs. And there's nothing the matter with that. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We'll hear from Greg Taylor after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. A team that gets results every week. Talk to thompsons.com. Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy tonight in Clyde One Super Scoreboard through until 7 o'clock. You can remember, give us a call 0141-951-1025. I want to go to international duty now and Greg Taylor says he has no doubt Steve Clark is the man to turn Scotland's fortunes around. The Commandant Defender has been called up for the first time as Clark tries to make it to Euro- through the Euro qualifying group. Gaffer won't change for no one, he is his own man, that is for sure, and uh... I certainly seen that today. There was no difference. We know what the gaffer can do, so we don't, he doesn't need to prove to anyone. Certainly not us. Uh, we've uh, worked under him for eighteen months and learned an awful lot. And I think he can only benefit the rest of the players coming in. Um, I think they'll look forward to working with him. He's brilliant. He's uh, tactics on the training field. He said himself he loves being on the training field. And uh, as I said, he is really good on it. He's dead exact to the points. Um, you know your roles within the team, within your job. Um, so no. He is good. I think he'll definitely give us a base to start with. He'll work from his back four up. He'll have a solidity. We won't, we'll be harder to beat, I hope, and um, probably have a goal through it, hopefully, so, to go and win games. Greg Taylor saying Steve Clark won't change his ways for anyone. No, and I don't think he should either. No. Alec Dyer, he's number two, made the same point yesterday. They're going to employ the same tactics that they used to reverse the decline at Kilmarnock to try and reverse the decline with the national team mm. and, and any one of the players you listen to you know whether it's Eamon Brophy or Stuart Finlay or Stephen O'Donnell or Greg Taylor they all say the same thing he'll make the team harder to beat he'll make the team organised they'll play in a structure they'll play in a formation the one worry for me would be where are the goals coming from there's not a lot of goal, international goals in that squad mm-hmm. um, you would wonder who is going to start at centre forward against Cyprus on Saturday night whether it is Brophy for an international debut, whether Mark McNulty gets another chance, whether Johnny Russell gets another chance, that's the one area for me where I still think, you know, you just wish we were stronger. For Steve Clark as well, he's just taken over. It's his first game. His appointment was met with such positivity. He'll be determined to get off to that winning start to keep those emotions positive. Yeah, and I, listen, I think everybody would sign up for a 1-0 victory right now mm-hmm. against Cyprus and Saturday night just to try and get the, the qualification campaign Back on the, the tracks um, Nothing's expected next Tuesday In Brussels against Belgium They're World Cup yeah. semi-finalists One of the best teams in the world um, So anything at all Scotland get in a week's time Is a bonus But I think all the focus Has to be on Saturday night And just getting Any kind of victory To get the Steve Clark Era Off to a, a, a positive start 
It's of course Greg Taylor's first call-up. He's vying with Andrew Robertson for a place in the team for those games against Cyprus and Belgium. He says he can make an impact if the manager needs him. How good is it to be fair for Scottish football? Andy just won the Champions League. Amazing. We look forward to seeing him and meeting up and congratulating him. It's fantastic for everyone, the whole country. So no, it is, but uh, I'm in the squad right now. The gaffer, if he thinks I'm... Needed at any point, whether it's 10 seconds or 9 minutes or not at all. Um, he knows what I can do. He's, as I said, he's, I've worked under him for 18 months. So, uh, no, it's, I think he wouldn't be scared to if he had to. But, uh, as I say, I'm just looking forward to being here. He's ready if he's called upon, Roger. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult position for Greg Taylor. You mm-hmm. know, he's behind Andrew Robertson. He's behind Kieran Tierney as well. Um, when, when Tierney's fit, you know, in the quest to win caps at left back, um, you would expect Andrew Robertson would come back, would start with capping the team on Saturday. Yeah. But it's great for Greg Taylor's development that he's away with Scotland for a week or 10 days, that he's working with the likes of Andy Robertson. It can only help him become a better player. Steve Clark picked him week in, week out at Kilmarnock. Obviously rates the lad. And the step up to the national squad is the next thing for Taylor because you know he's done it at under 20 level in Toulon scored in that goal against Brazil mm. he's done it under 21 level for Scott Gemmell this is the next step up for him and let's hope he does well let's go back onto the phones and David and the Gorbals has given us a call good evening David hi how are you doing good um, hi David I've got a couple of points um, yeah. if Roger could comment I don't want you to be careful first one is about the week at Celtic mm-hmm. this has been on for, for a number of years since Ronnie Dyer um, certainly not as serious as serious as this. However, it needs to be investigated. But part of it is, I don't want to get down this conspiracy road. But nobody outside Celtic wants Celtic to nine or ten their own Scottish football. I don't believe that. I think people want to see a change. Well, for whatever reason that is, so nobody outside Celtic wants this to continue. We have to be careful in these things. I do believe, as I say, this kind of document being leaked is, is incredibly serious and needs to be investigated and nobody should be making silly comments. But it's been going on for more than just this past season. It happened under Ronnie D. It actually happened under Brendan Rodgers as well with, with team sheets and things. So let's just hope it, it gets sorted. I mean, two points are about Scotland, uh, both teams. Um, first of all, Shelley Kerr, uh, and uh, I don't want to say that the, the ladies are female team because I, I'm with Pep Guardiola on this. I think they're just Scotland as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to watch the, uh, as much as I can at the World Cup finals in um, is it France? Yeah. The, 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 I'll have to say the ladies team, I suppose. Um, and I think we've got a better chance than, than most people give us, the same as, as most years we, we the Scotland male team. But I'm excited actually about the women watching the women's game because it's a better game than again a lot of people give a credit for. Credit for is it the same as the as the as the male the male game? No, it's not because that's just a fact of life. There's a physicality and there's a different type of game to it. But if actually a football fan, then, then there's a lot to watch in it, and I think there's there's more to it than than people want to give it credit for. And so if I can get Rogers' comments on that, and then I'll come back to the Steve Clark team. Well, Alison and I actually yeah. did the show from Hampden last Tuesday evening before Scotland beat Jamaica 3-2. Um, it, it was a great occasion. Over 18,500 people turning up to, to send Shelley Kerr and her team off in, in the best nick. Um, the last time they played England in the Euros, they lost 6-0. I don't think the game on Sunday in Nice, since a 5 o'clock kickoff, David, that won't be 6-0. The gap between the two no. sides 
has definitely closed. You can see that at the weekend. England, who are of course managed by Phil Neville, they, they lost their last warm-up game to New Zealand. Scotland, the last couple of times have played New Zealand, they've won the game. Um, Scotland, ju- just with the, the, the win against Jamaica, three goals, the big crowd, they, they really are. Their confidence is high going to France. Mm. England's confidence... You know, the previous week before the New Zealand defeat, they had a poor display. I think it was against Denmark. They're not going into the finals in the best of form. So the gap has closed between the two teams and Scotland have a chance in the game. It's a difficult group because Japan, I'm told, are a very good team as well. Argentina in the last game won't be easy. So Shelley Kerr and the women, they are up against it in the group, but you can only wish them well. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to give credit to the English FA, the way Sky and DT have bankrolled English football over the past 20 years. They've funneled a lot of that into different aspects of football, not just their main leagues. Yeah. You know, their, their main leagues have done it with, with women's football and the, and, the, and the kids as well. So, but as much as I don't like to see it, you've got to give credit for that. But going to Steve Clark and, and, and the male team, I genuinely believe there's something going to happen. And I've not felt that was going for a long, long time. In so much as, do you expect to get anything against Belgium? No. But, how, do you know what? I was just a wee, the back of your mind going, you never know. I think we'll, we'll, we'll beat Cyprus on Saturday. Um, it's going to be hard to qualify from that group, as everybody knows now, especially in the Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. However, we do have a second chance, really. And if we can get that momentum going, which you know Steve Clark can get, and you know he's going to pick the right guys. For many years, the England team, go back to them, was accused of having to, or being forced, Ericsson and things like that, being forced to pick Gerard or Lampard when it wasn't the best for the team. Clark would he do anything like that just because of the guys' names or just because of who they are? You listen to Greg Stewart a few minutes ago, you heard the passion in that boy's voice. He wants to play for Scotland. And... Steve Clark can bring that out and I think we've got a better squad as well than a lot of people think they have yes we're, we don't have major goals in us like Harry Kane or anything like that however the last time we were successful in 98 Craig Brown made us hard to beat and we could score one or two goals and that's what I think Stevie Clark's going to give us Roger you touched on that already and there's been no games yet but Steve Clark seems to have brought back this well, belief well, su- success for Steve Clark in the next week would be a win over Cyprus. Yeah. And that's it. We're not going to get anything in Brussels. Anything we get would be a wondrous bonus. So, beat Cyprus, go to Brussels, give it your best against one of the best teams in the world. But the key to, for Steve Clark is get the two games out of the way and then focus on getting these absent players to turn up. Focus on getting these players to buy into what he's trying to do because if Scotland can can build towards the two playoff games, I, I genuinely can't see us qualifying from this group. We, we'll need to go to these Nations League playoff yeah. games. But if Steve Clark can build a squad, can get back some quality players, and can give us a cutting edge, can you imagine Lee Griffiths being on form and in the squad, Stephen Fletcher being on form and in the squad? Ollie McBurney, who scored, I think, 22 or 24 goals in, in the English Championship on form and in the squad. It gives us so much better a chance. Yes, he'll make us organised. Yes, he'll make us difficult to beat. But the teams who qualify are the ones with something at the other end of the pitch. And and that's why he needs to focus on getting, you know, the Griffiths, the Fletcher, the McBurney, getting them back into the squad. I want to stay with Scotland and John and Blantyre's given us a call. Hello, John. 
Hi there, I was just about the reading in the papers today and then uh, listen to the, the player there, the Lord Kamalik player as well, mm. about the passion that's now in the Scotland squad. Where was this passion against San Marino for Alec McLeish? Okay, Alec McLeish, the job was probably came at the wrong time for him and he, and he, he fell on his sword, but did the players not let him down? And now all of a sudden they're full of fight. Where, where, was it? Where, was all the, where was all the fight for the Tartan Army? They're ready to fight for, for uh, Clark, but where, where, where was it when we, we backed them through thick and thin? Where, where was this fight with San Marino? How, where's the big change came from all of a sudden? It's a very good point, John. To answer one of your questions, did the players let them down? Yeah, the players did let them let McLeish down because, for a start, a lot of them didn't go to Kazakhstan. Um, they, were, they were managing injuries, mm. to use the, the phrase they all seem to use now. Um, some have walked away from it. Well, some of them have I walked away. As well. Well, they didn't go. Everything was, every, everything was all. Everything was all good. Well, clearly, no. When you see the passion that's in the players now for uh, for Steve Clark, there was none of that passion for 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 McLeish. None of it. Well, pa- passion doesn't particularly interest me. Passion doesn't pay the bills in football, as you know, John. Results. It goes, pay- it goes, it goes a long way. It, it, it went a long way with Kilmarnock. You know, there wasn't a lot of skill in that team that Sandy, uh, the, uh, Steve Clark took. And there was a lot of passion there with the Kilmarnock boys, and, and they'd done really well to finish third. So that, that was a lot of passion there, Roger, with the Kilmarnock players. So passion passion does come into a, a, a bit, I think. I think there was a lot of good organisation, a lot of good teamwork, um, a lot of players buying into what Steve Clark wanted them to do, mm. um, whether they were passionate or not. And that is what Steve Clark needs to engender mm-hmm. in this Scotland squad. Any manager is only as good As the players at his disposal And Steve Clark's going to have A better chance of success As a Scotland manager If he can get Better players To turn up And take part in the squad There are always going to be injuries There's Kieran Tierney Last week over in Munich For this long awaited operation That's why he's not in the squad There are others Have got injuries as well I believe McBurney Get injured at the end of the season There with Swansea But A new season First games of the new season For Scotland in September all building towards what would likely be a Nations League playoff, I think, in March time next year. By that time, Steve mm-hmm. Clark needs to get all these guys back because whether they're passionate, whether they're not passionate, they need to be there and buy into what Steve Clark wants them to do. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, can I have a wee second point uh, just regarding the first caller tonight? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it seems to be wanting to blame the position for the mole at Park Kid. I suggest he looks, he looks at Park Kid. No pressure only doing their job. Reporting what news, what news they get. I mean, this, this is about the second time we are more at Park Kid. I suggest he looks at his own club. Uh, and if he's if he's if he's fed up celebrating winning cups, I hope he wins his next court case with his first club as well. That's how we battle light hearted banter back for him. John's saying what we've been saying. It's about finding finding out the leak rather oh, than than what's being leaked. Yeah, and it, it's not even so much what we're saying. It's what. Neil Lennon has been saying what the club are saying in their yeah, statement he's annoyed by it today that's, yeah. that they want to get to the bottom of it. Um, it's embarrassing for the club. It certainly doesn't help them going forward in what's going to be a busy summer of transfer activity. Just going back to Scotland and that this feel good factor that we've got at the moment. I'm a, myself. I'm quite excited about this game on Saturday night. All of a sudden, as well. Well, international weeks. I can tell you how they all pan out. The squad get together. It's a Saturday game, maybe on the Monday, mm-hmm. and they do all their media work. They speak to the newspapers, they speak to the radio stations, they speak to the TV stations, and they all talk it up. We're going to do this, it's great. The mood in the camp's terrific, it's absolutely marvellous. 
you know, we we'll give everything for the manager, and you just insert the name of the manager in there, <coughs> and it, it's great, and it builds up a wee bit of excitement for the game, and it maybe sells some tickets. I'm only interested in what happens after seven forty-five on Saturday night, because Scotland's national team cannot afford any more false dawns. We've talked about it long and weary how we always seem to miss out in these major championships. Uh, they've even widened the Euros to twenty-four teams. We didn't make it the last time. So we have an opportunity Because we did reasonably well In that little Nations League group With Albania and Israel We have a little chance Via playoff To get to a big tournament at last It will be a 22 year absence by then So let's try and rally behind Steve Clark And let's all the good players The best players in the country The best 22 or 23 of them Let's all try and turn up For that Nations League playoff Let Steve Clark and Alec Dyer Pick the 11 best ones Then put the rest on the bench and if the 11 best players in Scotland can all do what Steve Clark asks them, we might just get to our finals. This is Clyde One. Super Scoreboard will cross to Scotland Women's Camp after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy, through until 7 o'clock tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Well, we've spoken about the Scotland men's camp. Let's go to the women's camp now. And Scotland winger Claire Emsley is determined to savour her World Cup experience after the pain of her Euro 2017 snub. The squad fly out to France tomorrow ahead of their opening group match against England on Sunday. And Emsley says she's determined to enjoy every minute. It was a strong squad and I hadn't really been involved um, under Anna. It was brutal to sit at home and watch it, but at the same time, it made me so determined to just work hard and train hard and make sure the next tournament I was up for selection. And fortunately, since Shelley's taken over, she's included me in her squad. Um, She gave me my first start and I scored my first goal. And I think playing under Shelley, um, it's great to be a part of a team um, that's going to the World Cup and I'm just you know, fortunate that I'm getting to go to this tournament because I know how hard it is to sit at home and watch uh, on my sofa. We got to speak to Catherine Granger uh, last night and that was amazing. I think, you know, five time going to the Olympics, she's got lots of experience and the one thing she, she said is like, savour it, enjoy it because it doesn't come around often. She's quite right, enjoy every single minute of this. Yeah, I um, saw pictures today of Phil Neville leading the England team into Nice for their you know, building up five days in advance. They're taking it very seriously. Mm. I think the Scotland camp go out in a day or two to France, Claire Emsley and all, the, all of our teammates. And we wish them well because they should sample every minute of it. Scotland have never reached a World Cup finals before. Who knows, it could be a long time. Look at the men's team having to wait 22 years and more to get back to a major final. So they need to go they need to enjoy it and they need to not have any regrets when they come off the pitch after those games against England, Japan and Argentina. Um, Shelley Kerr has taken this squad to, I think, its highest ever position, to its first World Cup. They were waved off by 18,500. We saw it at Hamden last Tuesday night, Alison. The nation is buying into this tournament like it's never bought into a women's yeah. tournament before. Um, and you can see, you know, people like Claire, like the captain, Rachel Corsi, like Jane Ross, like, like Lee Alexander, who we, we had in the show a year or two back in, in here. They're coming into the public conscience like never before. And 
I'll be fascinated to see you come five o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Just how many people are watching this game? Because I think I think the viewing figures might pleasantly surprise you. Yeah, I mean they got that massive crowd at Hamden last Tuesday. Folk were really behind them. There was people turning up on the night because it was a nice night, and they thought, "I want to get along here and watch this team." And, and some impressive goals as well. They've shown what they can do. Yeah, Aaron Cuthbert scored an yeah. absolutely terrific goal. Caroline Weir's free kick was absolutely terrific as well. You know, you kind of made you cast your mind back to those two Lee Griffiths scored against England in the qualifier at Hamden a few years back. Um, they're certainly going at the right time. Confidence is high. Results have been good. It's not that long ago since they beat Brazil over in their training, uh, that sort of midwinter training camp. So yeah. they know what they're capable of. I felt at the Euros, they let themselves down badly in the game against England. And, you know, Claire Emsley was talking there about not being at the Euros. There's plenty in Shelley's squad who were at the Euros. It will have rankled with them for some time. Yeah. They will be out to ensure nothing like that. Befalls them again this weekend It is a tricky group With England, Japan and Argentina Shelley's always said That the aim is to qualify From that group And a win against Argentina Alone could do that for them Yeah it could um, I don't think they'll want to rely on that I think no, they'll want something their final game isn't yeah, it Yeah I think they'll want something At least even if it's just a point Against England on Sunday To set them up for the Japan game That won't be easy either But you can build momentum In these tournaments If there is a positive result Down in Nice On Sunday afternoon you imagine the lift that will give the squad. Um, it's not just about eleven women either. That Shelly Kerr does have options in terms of shuffling mm-hmm. that back and and you know utilising all of our squad because um, it's as we say stronger, it's deeper than it's ever been before. I think you see a lot of the women involved in the tournament, and there's no reason why they can't get through this group. Tough though it looks. Yeah, it's interesting. The Scotland men joined up yesterday. They did media yesterday, and some of them saying that they could learn a little bit. From the women's squad Yeah well Steve Clark said that When he, when he was appointed He would love to emulate Shelley Kerr by, by leading a team To a major finals um, You're bound to take Inspiration from Any other sporting team Any other sporting individuals That enjoy success In their Sphere of sport If you like So The men will know There's a chance there For them Regardless of this group The game's coming up Against Belgium and Russia I think The defeat in Kazakhstan Has probably Seen off Any chances Scotland had Of qualifying by the orthodox route, if you like, through this Euro 2020 qualification group. We'll need to fall back on a Nations League playoff in March. But if we get it right, I still do genuinely believe with the players capable of winning that playoff and getting to the finals next summer. In terms of the women's game, how how important is it that they capitalise on this and and try to make it bigger in Scotland? Because... the club teams aren't as big here. I know Celtic are, are putting more money in to try and compete with the likes of Glasgow City and Hibs who really dominate up here. Yeah, and listen, that, there is a problem domestically in the domestic league. I think any league that has routinely you know, scored lines of 11-0 and 8-1 and 7-0, it does have a credibility problem about it. Um, you see an awful lot of Shelley Care squad they're playing in America, they're playing in continental Europe, mm-hmm. they're playing down south of the big clubs down there. Um, because, well, because the, the rewards obviously are, are better, but also because that, that there is still that credibility question over the Premier League up here because Glasgow City have won, I think it's 11, 12, 13 years now yeah. in the spin. Yes, Hibs have won the Cup the last two or three years, but there are still too many imbalanced games domestically. And this is a unique opportunity for Scottish women's football to bring through a new generation of player and to strengthen that domestic league. A few other things happening in football in Scotland today. We'll look at Aberdeen. They've made 
two signings today. Winger Ryan Hedges is joining on a three-year deal from Barnsley and Ash Taylor is back just two years after leaving Roger yeah, for Northampton. R- R- Ryan Hedges is a good signing. Welsh international winger is a type of player Aberdeen need because I've seen a lot of attacking players go out the door. James Wilson's loans ended. Greg Stewart's loans ended. Gary Mackay-Stevens' contract has ended and he's yet to decide his future. So you can see the sense and Derek McInnes going for mm-hmm. Ryan Hedges in this three-year deal. The, the Ash Taylor one uh, interests me for mainly for the reason that you would think centre-back was not an area Aberdeen were needing to strengthen. The, the, they've got two centre-backs in the Scotland squad this week, Scott McKenna and Michael Devlin. They've got Andrew Considine, their, their longest-serving player, also in there at centre-back. So you just wonder, with Ash Taylor returning to the club, could that mean McKenna's maybe heading out somewhere this summer? Yeah, how much work does Derek McInnes need to do this summer if he well, wants to keep yeah, up the pressure at the top well, end? D- Derek mentioned himself a couple of times before the end of the season, Alison. He regarded this summer as probably the biggest rebuilding job that he has to do, he's had to do in his time at the club. He's already got Shea Logan in a longer term deal. As you say, Ryan Hedges, Ash Taylor have arrived today. But as well as the guys we mentioned there... He's, he's lost others You know Don Ball Was a lone player Who's gone Greg Halford Is a lone player Who's gone um, He was ending the season You look at the Aberdeen team last day A lot of young guys On the bench Sometimes All seven of the substitutes Were, were youngsters Inexperienced players mm-hmm. So He does need To deepen his squad um, The first team If you were to again like We spoke about Celtic earlier on If you were to list The first 11 It's not a bad looking team Alison but you don't win things with 11 players nowadays. You win it with 19 or 20 or 21. So I think he will have a few more guys coming in the door to supplement Ash Taylor and Ryan Hedges have signed today. Yeah, because Derek McKinnon regularly speaks about his desire to be up there competing and his desire to get to these cup finals and actually to be winning these trophies. Yeah, and I, and I noticed a tweet late on cup final night when Celtic had beaten Hearts and Celtic completed the treble treble. And what it did was it denied Hearts that last European place and it allowed Aberdeen to, to sneak in via finishing fourth in the Premiership. And the Aberdeen tweet said, you know, something along the lines of, we didn't really want to do it this way, but mm-hmm. we're delighted to have a sixth successive season in European football. It will have stung Derek McInnes having finished second for the last three seasons to be down in fourth, to be down below Kilmarnock, to have had to rely on Hearts losing a cup final to get that passport into Europe. And he will want next season to be back up there fighting for cup finals and fighting for second place in the league. Realistically, what can Aberdeen do in Europe? Well, they had a horrible draw last year, drawing Mm. Burnley, an English Premier League team, and they made a really good fist of it and just didn't quite get through. This time, I think they're seeded along with Rangers and Kilmarnock in the Europa League first qualifying round. They have a chance, decent chance, of getting through. Um, They would be seeded again I think in the second qualifying round so if they can build a little bit of momentum a bit like Rangers did 12 months ago you know you can see sometimes that draw just opens up for you Livingston goalkeeper Liam Kelly's triggered his release clause it looks like he's set for a move to the championship he is midway through his contract but it looks like he's free to move on for a only about £50,000. Yeah, I think there's two or three Livingston players who signed deals in the past have that clause in their contract. I believe Liam's going to QPR to work with mm-hmm. Mark Warburton again. Yeah, I mean, he's a player that did impress during the season. Very if good, you think yeah. back to that, that game Very at Celtic Park. I like him, yep. Um, I was actually surprised Rangers let him go a season or two, mm-hmm. you know, go because he's still a very young in goalkeeping terms. I think he's got a good career ahead of him. He'll learn a lot from the likes of David Marshall and Scott Bain and John McLaughlin on Scotland duty this week. And good luck to the lad. 
That's about it for this evening. I'm back tomorrow night with Mark Guidi. Remember, you can always keep up to date with everything that's happening on Twitter at Clyde SSB and online at Clyde1.com. Good luck to the Scotland women as they prepare to fly out to France ahead of that opening World Cup match against England. That, of course, happens in Nice on Sunday night. Brian Borthwick is up next with your chance to be at Transmit this summer. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.